Thank you, Cindy. Well, folks are coming back. Yeah. Boy, uh, COVID has rushed through our population, and we have certainly seen it in our, in our group. But uh, folks have been home. They're getting well. They're coming back. So uh, thank you for being here today. We have been looking at the phrase, imagine a better way to live, or imagine a better life. Two weeks ago, we talked about the importance of silence, of listening to God, of stopping the madness and just listening. L last week, we talked about the value, uh, particularly within the 23rd Psalm, of receiving God's gift of rest and restoration, the paths of righteousness that teach us and prepare us for the dark valleys of this life. Today, I want to take a look at, imagine a better way to live in the impact that we make on others and on our world. What would that look like for us? Now, um, <clears throat> I, I played high school back in the day, uh, football, and, and a little bit in college. Um, <clears throat> and so I, at one time, approached life with the philosophy I was a middle linebacker, I was an outside linebacker in a uh, uh, safety, with the philosophy, if it moved, knock it down. You know, and the greater the impact, the better. And it kind of relates to the philosophy, the life philosophy, more is better. But what I learned over the course of my life is that more is not always better that more can sometimes be a killer. It can kill my joy, destroy my peace, be a barrier to love. More is not always better. And, and if you'll allow me, I want to extend that football metaphor a little bit in, in talking about if it moves, knock it down. You know, more is better. Uh, the, the harder we live, the harder we play, the better we'll be. Uh, did a little research on football players. And in professional football, a 240-pound linebacker with average speed for a professional linebacker in, in, uh, in professional football, if that person collides with a 240-pound running back with average speed for a running back, the resulting... Kinetic energy is enough to move 600,000 pounds one inch. Now you're thinking, is that all? Are you kidding me? 33 tons one inch? I mean, that's a huge collision. There's no wonder why some of them stagger off the field and mumbling and wondering how many fingers, you know, there are on their own hands. And depending on the angle of the collision... Depending on the angle of the collision, the blow to the helmet can create almost 1,000 Gs or 1,000 times the force of gravity. Now, to put that in perspective, a, um, an astronaut, when they take off, experiences 10 Gs, okay? A pilot, a jet pilot, when they turn, 
if they experience more than 20 G's, they pass out. We're talking about 1,000 G's. I think that's why there's so much talk about reducing helmet-to-helmet contact. At, at every level of football, not just professional, but all the way down to pre, 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 uh, to um, uh, yeah, whatever, junior football. Um, you know, athletes are chosen for their size and their speed, and behind the philosophy, more is better. But the human body was not designed by God to handle collisions of that magnitude, no matter how strong or coordinated that human body might be. We simply cannot take the physical impact. And so also, the human body and emotion was not made to handle the kind of stress and impact that often more is better puts on us. It steals our joy. It destroys our love. It eliminates our peace. Now, Spiritual impact is another matter. More is better applies here. The more spiritual connection that we have, the better our life is going to be. Because instead of it depending entirely upon our own actions, our own abilities, um, and... and We are partners with God. And that spirituality comes as a strength, as a hope, as a source to a better way to live. Who can possibly imagine the impact of an 80-year-old Bedouin shepherd who went before Pharaoh? And when Moses spoke to Pharaoh, the world changed. Or Gideon. How Gideon, when he successfully led an undermanned, grossly inferior army against a well-armed army, and just because, you know, they blew trumpets, they broke clay pots, they shouted, and with the Spirit of God, the victory was theirs. Now, here's the phrase. Because it is not about what we are doing. It is about what God is doing through us. And so today, as we imagine a better way to live, let's look at our spiritual connection, our spiritual impact on the world and others. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth And may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our redeemer. May these words be your words. And for all that I don't speak or misspeak, fill in the gap so God hide me behind your cross that your word would be heard. I want to hear your word, O God. May it speak to me, not only to all of us here today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
This is one of the shortest missional discourses that are recorded in the gospel. It actually begins in verse 24. If you want to go back in your Bible and read the whole discourse, uh, Jesus here uh, warns and reassures. He, he says to the disciples that there will be persecution, that, that they will be challenged. But then he talks about the, uh, the, the, the oneness that they have with the Father through him and the blessing and the promise that comes with offering even just a cup of water at the simplest place. That, at that even at that place, we can have an impact in this world and make a difference. And, <clears throat> and the, the focus of this passage is not about who we are, not about what we're doing, but rather what God is doing through us. So the act, so example, the offering of, of service for Christ without recognition or even thinking of the impact of such service is really different than the way society works. And I don't want to disrespect education but it comes with recognition. You walk across the stage, you get a diploma, you put it on the, on the wall, you want everybody to see it. You know, service in, <clears throat> volunteer service in a nonprofit, they give you a plaque at the end of your service. I mean, we get recognition, everybody, you stand up, everybody claps, you know. Um, <laughs> there's just a recognition that takes place in our world when you do something good. We can do something good for God and nobody will know it. Nobody. But there is a promise that comes with it. Giving a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, even in the most simplest, easiest situation, we will receive the Lord's recognition. For the emphasis is on the act itself, not on the significance. It is upon our Lord and not upon us. And there is a difference in our lives, because I want to expand this a little bit. There's a difference in our lives between going to work and seeing our work as an act of our, of our Lord. I mean, what, what would it look like for us to to, to go to work, not just to get our work done, but to go to work as an offering to God. What, what would it look like as a student when you go to school to see school not just as a place where you're going to learn facts and figures and <clears throat> finally finish up and get to celebrate at graduation as, as an act of, of our Lord, to be listening to God for what God would have us to do as an opportunity. What would it look like in our families to see our parenting as an act of the Lord? What would it look like in our neighbor? I mean, just, just expand it out. What would it look like to change our perspective about how we see each day in the hands of God? That's, I think that's what Jesus is saying here about this cup of water. It's just a metaphor 
for the power that we, that we have and the promise that is ours if we live our lives, all of our lives, in the name of Jesus. For here, Jesus stresses the need for identification in every area of our life. As such, we are connected to the effort of Jesus in the world. As such, we are to identify with Jesus as Jesus identifies with the Father, as Jesus identifies with the first disciples, as Jesus identifies with the reward for service. And it's not going to be a diploma. No, it's better than that. And if we back up and include those earlier passages, we see that Christ openly says to them to accept the separation of what it means to be a Christ followers, to serve compassionately in the name of Christ. And all recognition will be given to us, not by the world, but by our Heavenly Father. Now, <coughs> I, I want to I'm just going to be honest with you. I still love the recognition. Okay? And so the cards that you will sometimes send me, keep sending them. I, I love it. Because there are days when I wonder whether what I do makes a difference. And you remind me of that. And so thank you. <clears throat> and, and I want to tell you, I, I love hanging the little things on my wall. But they're not really an indicator of the true impact that we have. And, and I also want to say this, that it's not about the level of achievement. Cindy mentioned Chiv. Chiv started nine churches in Cambodia. Nine churches in Cambodia. He's baptized over 1,500 people. I mean, incredible work. God does not expect us to have that kind of ministry. God has, we, we are called maybe to the smallest act of ministry of offering a cup of water. God has not called all of us to go to Haiti or to India or to China or <clears throat> to South America. But God calls all of us to something. All of us to something. So what does this mean for us today? What does it mean for us? As I said, a cup of cold water is symbolic of those acts that improve the lives of others. And so in what ways can we improve the lives of others? And I just want to suggest one thing that all of us can do and where we can start. Then I want to share with you a story first. Uh, when I was in seminary, I worked as an associate pastor at Shriver uh, Methodist Church in, in North Dallas. It was across the street from W.T. White High School. My job was in youth ministry, and so we had just had a, we had a natural you know, pool there. I mean, it was, it was fun, and we got lots of things done. I had some great, great volunteers. Clancy was my best volunteer. Now, I got to... Clancy 
was an interesting person. Uh, he walked with a limp from a birth defect where his pelvis and his hip was deformed. And because of the nature of the birth defect, it couldn't be corrected surgically. And so he was going to walk with a limp for the rest of his life. What came along with that limp was pain. Every step that he took. And depending on how much time that he'd spent on his feet, the pain might be greater. But I, I, heard him, I saw him wince a few times, but I never heard him complain. He'd walk in the door with a smile on his face. He would pick out the, the kid with the, that seemed to be down and would try to pick them up. He was constantly about the work of, 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 of being positive. He was just, he was our life and our, and our <clears throat> enthusiasm. And I said to him one day, I said, Clancy, how do you do it? I mean, I know that it's painful for you to walk. How do you do it? This is what he said to me. He said, John, when I walk in my office every morning, people are depending on me. When I'm down, it has an effect and pulls everybody else down. When I'm up, they know I'm hurting. And they better be up. He said, when I go home in the evenings and I walk in the door, I know my wife and my sons are depending on me. And with a word or a smile, I can pick them up and I can do just the opposite. Then he continued with this. He pointed at his hip and his pelvis and he said, you might see this as a disability. I see it as a blessing because when I ask people to do things with joy, they never say no. They can't. And if they, and if they even hint at saying no, I'll just kind of look at my leg. <laughs> he was kidding, of course. But he was incredible. He was my hero. He could pick people up in a heartbeat. So, what does this mean for us? That what we do in this place matters. Let not any person come in the doors of this church, not any person walk the hallways of this church, not any person come into worship without receiving a smile and a positive word. May they know that God loves them and that there is a different way to live. There is a different way to live than more is better. There's a different way to live than receiving and continuing to endure the impact of the negative forces that we experience in this society. Let them know when they walk in these doors, it will be different. Let them know when they walk in this place that we who are followers of Jesus Christ will offer them a cup of cold water, a smile, that they would know that in this place there is sanctuary from the places out there. And then secondly, let us therefore then carry what we have here out there into the workplace, into our homes, into the schools, into wherever we might volunteer or work to... <laughs> 
to be a positive, reassuring presence that for those who are struggling, that life doesn't have to be this way, for those who are hurting, that life doesn't have to be this way, that there is a God who has sent his son and that through his son, we have the opportunity to live a life that matters. That's what we can do. Now, I know what you're saying, and I would say the same thing, okay? Here's what I would say. But what if I don't feel like it, okay? I mean, there's just sometimes <clears throat> when I don't feel like it. Do y'all ever feel that way? I mean, I'm just broke. I am so out of being smiley, happy John that... I need to go get a big, huge, smiley loan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's a really good question. And, and I'm not sure as your pastor, and I'm, please forgive me for saying this, I'm not sure as your pastor I have an answer. You know, I don't have the answers for everything. But I do know this, that we can make the effort to smile and to offer words of encouragement and hope, even when we don't feel like it. Clancy said to me one time, I was really, it was, it was midterm, not midterms, it was finals, it was everything, and I walked in the door, and he said, hey, John, you need, you need to pick it up. And I said, man, I said, Clancy, I am just exhausted. He said, then fake it till you feel it. And I kind of looked at him like, I am going to slap you. <laughs> but you know what? He was right. I began to force the smile and to make an effort. And before you knew it, I was laughing and engaged and and. And, and what I was giving was being returned. And God had blessed me. I don't have the answer. And I know that it's tough sometimes to, and I hate to say fake it. Maybe a better word is live it. To rely on our, on our God that loves us and can give us joy when we are empty or to receive Scott alone <laughs> from the Holy Spirit. But no matter what, imagine what our world would be like. Imagine what our world would be like if everyone could see the positive. Cindy read for you one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 37. And she read a section there that has two promises. And they come in verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good and you will live in the land and enjoy security and take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Did you hear the promises? Trust and do good and you will live and enjoy security. You hear it? Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
Wow. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, here's the deal. The blood of Jesus that we receive in the waters of baptism, that we receive when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, are the, that blood runs through our veins. That blood is in our hearts. And that blood can define who we are if we just let him. Take delight. Take delight. Take delight. Take delight. We are a church that cares. May our hallways, classrooms, and worship service be filled with the delight and joy of the Lord. May our faces reflect the love of Christ, the love of Jesus in the words we share, in the attitudes we project, and in the smiles that, that, we, that might brighten the day of someone who is at their lowest point. May we be always asking, where is God in this? What does God want here? And what does God want me to do? And may God reveal to us in these moments the persons that need our love and joy the most. Because I truly believe if we would try it, it is the best way to live. There is no other better. There is no other better. So, will you try it? Will you?